Hello, and welcome to the podcast about Transformers comics, toys, and everything in between. I'm Onyx Prime with my two co-hosts here. Hi, I'm Kompi Chan. Hi, I'm Kilobyte. And welcome to season two of the show. We're doing a special giveaway, so stay tuned until the end of the show for details on how you can enter to win this amazing Transformers figure. Spoiler, it rhymes with Baz. <laughs> Moving on with our comic discussion for today's episode takes us to IDW Transformers More Than MCI Volume 2. And as always, spoiler warning. So if you haven't read it already, I, I recommend it. I mean, do you guys recommend it? I suppose. Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> the enthusiasm is just raising. Hey, I mean, it's not like our whole entire podcast is built on this or anything, so I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> well, now uh, we gave you a warning. So there you go. So you all know the drill. This is Kilobyte's first time reading the series, and we're excited to hear his thoughts. But before we can do that, let's hear some facts and trivia. Computron, do you mind? Yeah, uh, let's start with the facts. So there are five comics in this uh, volume. Uh, the first issue, or issue four, was released April 18th, 2012. And the last issue uh, was August 22nd, 2012. The writer, my favorite, James Roberts. And the artist was Alex Milne and Nick Rosh, and colors by Josh Burkham and Joanna Lafuente. Okay, trivia. In issue four, though a little hard to tell, uh, with him being all dissolved and all that, uh, Dent's head designed and, you know, rather Leonin sculpt to his chest seems to be a reference to the Beast Warriors Prowl uh, as a nod to their shared name, albeit you know, green rather than yellow. Uh, anyway, a preliminary title for this issue was The Weeping Dead. Very fitting. <laughs> Very good name. <laughs> uh, in issue five, the opening moment uh, of the issue as Fort Maximus tears one of the Genericons in half and slams the pieces together is a homage to Last Stand of the Wreckers in which Overlord did the same thing to Guzzle. Poor Guzzle. Poor Guzzle. Poor Guzzle. Uh, issue six, Swerve's knowledge that Trailbreaker uh, can't keep his force field up is a subtle bit of a humanization and parody of a certain <clears throat> dysfunction that affects men. <laughs> have to look that up after this recording. <laughs> no. Uh, issue eight, according to one of James Roberts' Twitter posts, Fulcrum being sentenced to death by Traitor's Wheel and the uh, subsequent... Uh, stay of execution were originally part of discarded pitched for uh, spotlight octane drafted together by Nick Rush. So uh, with all that done and, you know, said, Mr. Kila, please give us a summary. I will. Uh, a mysterious transmission lures Ratchet, Drift and Pipes to the quarantine medical facility of Delphi, where Autobots are crying themselves to death. The DJD fight a dinosaur and some scavengers? How will that happen? Care to tell? I guess we'll have to dive into the comics to find out. <laughs> I guess we will. And, and as, as always, always. <laughs> some information <laughs> has been taken from the wiki. <laughs> Perfect. Shall we dive into this? We shall dive. Is it Delphi or Delphi? I think it's Delphi. But oh, yeah. uh, I like, I like so, Delphi more. Eh, tomato, <laughs> tomato. How the human's wrong. phrase goes, I think. 
so welcome to Def Eye, Killo. We open up with some nice notes from First Aid, and all I want to do is point out uh, a simple quote from uh, First Aid. Maybe it's the silly little details that matter. Um, so when the mystery first appears here on Delphi, what did you think was causing all the deaths at this medical center? Deaths? <laughs> deaths. Plural. Uh, snow? I don't know. I. Are you... um, when we get introduced, they, they rescue some Decepticons, and, and they do mention that Delphi is the DJD's territory. So I thought that since they helped the Decepticons, the DJD was like, well, we'll take everybody with us since you're helping these renegades and, you know, just part of the their way of dealing with anybody that leaves the Decepticon cause. Hmm. So you don't think it was the snow? <laughs> no, I don't think it was the snow. <laughs> oh, my. So... We'll, we'll we'll dive more into that mystery a little bit later, but we're going to flip back and forth because that's how the story um, happens. So we're going to flip back to the Lost Light where uh, Swerve gives Ratchet a drink on the house. And Ratchet points out that it's either very far away or very small. And you know what? Looking at this panel, I think um, the one... Ratchet is getting is much bigger than the one Swerve has been giving us. What do you think? Yeah, I think he's skimping up on us. I think he is too. I think we might have to promote the, the bar more so we can get bigger drinks. Yeah, I mean, it it is free for this one, but um, well, we'll I think we'll we'll discuss how we'll fund more drinks later on. What's your thoughts on this? I I thought it could be um, Ratchet. I don't know, like the way Ratchet is acting with his, like his hands are failing him and everything. I think he's just uh, succumbing to old age. Uh, and I thought maybe his optics were um, not working correctly. Because I know they show that it's a little drink, but it, like the, in the next panel, you see like a bigger one. So it's just kind of, I feel like his optics are just not working as well. Moving to our next um, bullet point, Ratchet, Drift, and Pipes all decide to go to Delphi because, you know, Ratchet was receiving a signal from there. And I want to say, Pipes is easily one of my top 10 favorite crew members of The Lost Light. Although, <laughs> this is sad that this is his first time off Cybertron. It that is was short-lived. <laughs> I mean, short-lived. He's still with <laughs> he's us. Short-lived. Yeah, he's still with us. Hey, hey, before we get to that point, before we get to that point, uh, do you have something to say about uh, Ratchet and Drift, Computron? No, don't. Don't make me do it. Do you have something to say, Computron? <laughs> uh, so, in the beginning, you know, before Mr. Pipes, you know, ignores the universal symbol for plague, uh, <laughs> beautiful, uh, Drift and Ratchet were jittering, you know, jibber-jabbing at each other like a bunch of jabronis. <laughs> and, uh, well, Drift looked at Ratchet and he goes, you know, Ratchet, one day you'll say something nice to me just before you tell me I've gone, got a terminal illness or something. <laughs> we, again, spoiler phrase. warning. <laughs> I think it just sounds kind of like a like a, a young butt versus an older bot and like Ratchet's like, don't 
don't mess with me. Just kind of leave me alone. Let me be. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. No, that's 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 kind of what's going on here, right? Because like we got the uh, very zen drift, and then we got an old grouchy ratchet, which is very much paying homage to the animated series. For those who have not seen it. Oh yeah. Uh, so. Moving forward, we enter Delphi. Well, enter is a strong word to what P Pipes decides to do. Uh, <laughs> what does a big red X mean? Uh, do not enter. It's There's a plague. <laughs> it, it's it's universal in like 10 billion languages, haven't you know? Yeah. Except oh, if you're well, a pirate, because X marks the spot. <laughs> X marks the spot, and I think that's what Pipes was doing. As he barreled into Delphi, um, well, he hit treasure. Oh, that's for sure. Yeah, he, he <laughs> hit something, didn't he? Uh, Computron, do you mind telling us a little bit what's going on here with Delphi? Uh, they, you know, they were just having a good old, you know, happy time, enjoying life, and uh, you know, and and you know, living life, <laughs> pretty much. No zombie outbreak whatsoever. That's a lie. They were, absolutely, they were absolutely not living life, and they were living absolutely horribly, and they had a zombie outbreak. I'm sorry. I got my notes backwards here. Oh, yeah. That's definitely <laughs> what was going on. So they're getting very sick and rusting themselves to death. Uh, and it's transmittable. Transmittable? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's a horrifying thought. Uh, but before we dive too much into that, let's flip back to the Lost Light, shall we? Uh, specifically, Rodimus, Ultra Magnus, and Rewind plan on teaching Tailgate a lesson. Okay, sorry, poor choice of words, but they are getting ready to show them the war via cerebral transfer, which only takes about, what did Rewind say, 11.3 seconds? Yep. What's your thoughts on this? Like, I know in our last issue, our last volume of More Than Meets the Eye, we left off with Tailgate saying they wanted to be a Decepticon. I, I feel bad for Telgate because, um, yes, he heard one side of the story and now he's seeing the other side of the story and it kind of makes him change and not be a Decepticon anymore. But it's like pretty harsh because he gets to see everything that Decepticons did, like like if he was living it there. I'm like, that is rough. That is very rough to to see all that carnage first person. Yeah, not to mention that, but he got slapped by True. Mr. Cyclonus. Yeah, why did he get slapped, Computron? Because, uh, well, he was a little upset about how Cyclonus kind of went lightly on a lot of what the Decepticons did, you know, when he was trying to convince him. And yeah. by lightly, he literally didn't tell him any of the genocide or anything like that that the Decepticons did. And, you know, he just told them the ideals. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that no. I guess you can say kind of made Tailgate a little frustrated, which I guess is understandable. And Tailgate, with all of his might and strength, punched uh, Mr. Cyclonus. And Punch really is a strong anything. word. <laughs> didn't really do anything. And uh, in return, Cyclonus introduced him to the back of his hand. And uh, yeah. I didn't know this, but apparently Tailgate can fly. Oh my Primus! Uh, <laughs> he also kicked him when he was down, like before he leaving the room, and I'm like, that's like overdoing it. He didn't do anything towards you. Yeah, 
Cyclonus and Tailgate have an interesting uh, friendship. I say in quotations that no one can see me because <laughs> this is an audio platform. But, um, yeah, let's get back to the fun stuff. This is a little depressing. Uh, looks like Pipes might be a little upset. Poor guy. This is his first time out and things are not looking too good with him. It seems he has caught uh, some sickness. Uh, so... Let's talk a little bit more. I know we talked a little bit about Delphi earlier, but let's talk a little bit more like how this happened, how the sickness got to this medical facility. And either of you can take the helm here, but do any of you want to talk about how the disease started, who was behind it, and uh, should we trust Big Pharma? I mean, Pharma. <laughs> <laughs> It's supposed to be a spoiler. Uh, um, I only know him as Pharma, not Big Pharma. <laughs> I trust our Pharma overlord. <laughs> okay, so the plague started because uh, Pharma struck a deal with the DJD. Uh, he would provide them transformation cogs because the leader of the DJD likes to transform a lot and he goes through them. Uh, constantly and it is a treatable uh, disease but he decides not to do it and he just wants more transformation cogs it seems like he finds it uh, fun to go through all of them and so at first he was going through and giving the parts from the seize bots that came to the facility and didn't make it uh, but then eventually he started helping them you know go offline so he can provide more and more transformation cogs and at the end, to cover his tracks, that way nobody could figure out what he was doing, he creates a plague that uh, once you get infected, if you transform, it starts disintegrating you from the inside, melting your optics, and uh, until you eventually rust yourself to death, which is pretty scary. <laughs> yeah, well said. And it's, it's definitely not... A fun experience it looks like as you kind of just kind of fall apart are you so, saying are you saying it's not fun to do that <laughs> probably not my my assumption is it's probably not i have not experienced it but i'm going to uh decide based on what i've seen here that it is probably not a good time not a good so, time not a good, good. Time. yeah <laughs> very good wording right there not a good time not a good time. Yeah. Uh, so so we have our three doctors that were originally at Delphi. We had Pharma, First Aid, and then we have Ambulon. I want to take a click to talk about Ambulon. Specifically, what he turns into and what his name means. Because Ratchet says all the best names are taken. So what, what does his mean, Caleb? That means that he turns into a leg. And so he's just... Um, Not an ambulance? Nope, he's not an ambulance. He's uh, ambulating? I'm, I forgot the wording, uh, but pretty much means that he just turns into a leg and that's all he can do. Yeah, he was part of an experimental combiner team, um, but he's yeah, the only the one that survived, right? Yeah. And he defected. And right. uh, that's why he doesn't have any wheels or anything. He's just a leg. Makes sense. So a little bit of whiplash here. Back on the Lost Light, Tailgate has decided to become an Autobot with help from Ultra Magnus. And I want to say, Tailgate's Autopedia is quite impressive. What's your thoughts? 
He he has um, a lot of degrees. So many, it's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Comfy draw. I I agree. I I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll throw some up on the screen. I'm surprised that with all the degrees and all the things he's helped do, like he helped uh, like search for Luna One, he helped uh, expand. Like I think he he mentioned that he told uh, uh, I think it was Seda Prime about expanding and do all that. That he went six million years and nobody thought to look for him after all the progress he was helping Cyrodiil do. Makes his life a lot sadder. <laughs> Uh, but like Ultra Magnus says when they're getting ready to learn wh what it means to be an Autobot, um, he has trouble, and I find this hilarious, with the word fun. And is it fun? Is it fun? No. Yeah. So, well, he has to write a 10,000-page essay, right? That, he, has I guess read. Fun. he has to read a 10,000-page <laughs> And he has yeah. to go line by line explaining what it all means. Yeah. Line we'll by start line, with the appendix Hawker first. Three. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I like the part where Tailgate um, says there's some dirt on the table to get out of uh, not paying attention. It's pretty hilarious. <laughs> and then they go over the clause 1985, which is, I believe, thought warfare, which might be, uh, what's the word? Um, shadowing. Or shadowing. Especially since in our last issue, we ran into those big yellow bots that were screaming 1985. 1984. 1984. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, one of those two. Yeah, one of those two. <laughs> definitely, definitely 84, I think. Anyway, uh, can someone talk about Red Alert and what or who do they think they are hearing on the Lost Light? Like, the first thoughts. The first time we, like, Red Alert talks to Rung about it, uh, they quite can't understand uh, what it is saying. And then eventually it says, kill me. So I, I, I wasn't sure what it could mean uh, or what they wanted. But I don't know if that's before or after how we meet Fort Max. So I thought maybe Fort Max said something somewhere and somehow Red Alert heard it. Because throughout the whole comic, Red Alert says that he has the best... Uh, hearing out of everybody he can hear everything that everybody's saying so I, I thought maybe Fort Max was uh, in his room trying to just say like put me offline oh, interesting that is an interesting theory I like that we'll we'll come back to this we'll circle back to this um, so back on Delphi though we get a classic bad guy monologue from Big Pharma himself I mean sorry Pharma himself Computron <laughs> do you mind diving into this one yeah, so uh, Pharma kind of essentially uh, was uh, killing his patients in a very not-so-fun manner. Um, the reason being is is that, uh, well, like you said, uh, Delphi was getting, was getting uh, threatened to be shut down, and so uh, Pharma and his, you know, galaxy brain here uh, engineered a plague breakout. And uh, he turns out that the two Decepticons that we saw in the beginning uh, were just paid to uh, play the victim, you know, so they can detonate a, a bomb, a zombie bomb. Which I think that's an interesting bomb because it's based on sound. You had to hear the, the bomb go off to get 
infected. And I'm like, hmm, right. that's, that's an interesting take on like a disease. Because usually it's like uh, either you ate something or you touched something. It's never like through out an audio source. So I thought that was very cool. I kind of like that they kind of took like, like you said, they took advantage of that. Like, hey, what's, you know. What's one way somebody can become a zombie that we've never really explored before? And some guy's like, what if we heard it? <laughs> and yeah. some guy on the board team's like, that's so cool. What if we heard the zombie and become the zombie? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, it's a, it's a, I like the concept. It's very different. And that's why I appreciate the, um, uh, the realism on their end. Cause like humans, they, they get diseases all the time and it's slightly different. But us robots, it's much more complicated. Like, it has to do with sounds, the frequency, and sometimes, yeah, we can get rust. But this is, like, a way more dramatic form of that, right? Yeah. So, I really enjoyed the ending of this arc. And it's labeled, appropriately, How Ratchet Got His Hands Back on page 51. What is your thoughts of the whole Delphi arc? I really enjoyed it. I really liked it. Uh, I really like First Aid. Uh, since the beginning with all his notes and his journal uh, made me like the character, so I want to see where uh, he goes from here. Because uh, Ratchet has appointed him uh, the head medic, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, because, or the chief medical officer. officer. Yes, because he liked what he saw there, and I'm, I'm very excited. I'm very excited to, to see where the story goes. Well, yeah, and wasn't... Uh first day that first the doctor before he had to go to become a nurse because he had a what, OCD so he was a doctor and then he got demoted by Ambulon for uh, paying too much close attention to the little details right yeah yeah, yeah. he has I, a fascination with badges right yes. yes he likes to I don't know if he collects them but I know he, he likes to look at the Autobot badges alright so but before we move on to the rest of these uh, comics in this volume, let's take a quick break to hear an ad from our sponsor, Garbage O's. Hey Onyx, what do you have there? Garbage O's, they are fantastic. Can I have some? Of course you can. They have all your daily minerals and energon you'll need throughout the day, all jam-packed into a delicious breakfast cereal. Can't wait to try some! You can find Garbage O's at your local Autobot factory, or if you know a bot named Swindle. If purchasing the Garbage O's products, you are therefore agreeing to the following terms and conditions. Garbage O's is not responsible for any turbo mice found in products. There are no refunds or exchanges. Oh, Primus, I forgot my faceplate was still on. And welcome back. Sorry about that. The drinks at Swerve's place ain't cheap. So, uh, moving on. Fort Max joins the crew after the incident on Delphi and it gets a much needed therapy session with Rung, which might be a good idea. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Everything ends very nice and Fort Max becomes less suffering of his PTSD and everybody lives happily ever after and everybody <laughs> keeps their faces. Absolutely. I, I was surprised he was alive because uh, I thought he had died in the in the last town of the records because we we find him in a catatonic state pretty much he's been tortured by overlord he had he didn't have any of his limbs so I'm like well I don't think he survives this 
but it looks like he did, but with some serious PTSD. Yeah, and yes, we'll, we see that. But before we see that, uh, I really enjoy the bar scene. That's where bar. Interesting. Um, <laughs> where I think Trailbreaker is talking to a group of people and they're saying Fort Max is overhyped. But then, like a split second, Fort Max walks into the bar and he's like, Oh, it's great to see you and how awesome he is. Yeah. And, and, and Tailgate's like, But you were just saying that. And it's like, and he's like, Yeah, shh, shh, shut up. No, don't say anything. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, you poor sweet boy. Yeah, it was good. So Tailgate leaves that bar stool and goes to another table. And this is such a mood and says, Is this a good place to sit down and die? Yes. Answer is yes. <laughs> always yes <laughs> quickly after the ultra magnus then walks into the bar and makes an arrest because swerve doesn't have his barring license Ooh, big ouch but this is not the most exciting thing that happens in this bar at this moment at this time yeah a, a muck was run somebody run a muck somebody <laughs> ran a muck and i won't say poor pipes yet again as he is the first one that gets blasted by Fort Max. He just can't catch a break. You mean your favorite? Yes. Pipes? <laughs> he keeps getting I... shot. <laughs> There's, it's just so interesting that this, it's just, it's not a, it's not um oh gosh, what's, what's the red bot that looks like Bumblebee? Cliff Jumper. Cliff Jumper. Yeah. No, this is Pipes. Like, apparently he has worse luck than Cliff Jumper. What do you mean? Cliff Jumper is the strongest soldier of the metal. He makes other people run in fear. <laughs> I I thought it was my luck because, like, at the beginning, um, I saw Pipe and I'm like, oh, I don't have a toy of Pipe. I, I, I like him. He's pretty funny. He's pretty chill. And then he gets shot. And I'm like, well, why does every bot that I like end up dying? Man, you must yet. really enjoy Last Stand on the Wreckers, huh? <laughs> His favorite. So can anyone explain to me the situation max fort max specifically finds himself in well talking to rung and reliving his memories with overlord he decides to take some hostages uh, and he closes himself uh inside of rung's room with rung and whirl uh, but before he did that he also shot multiple bots uh, like we stated previously and so he's demanding uh, Rodimus to head back to Cybertron because he needs to talk with Prowl about why it took so long for him to send the Wreckers uh, when Overlord attack Garrus's Nine. Yeah, that's exactly spot on. And it's very <laughs> accurate. Like, he's not... Like, he is being unreasonable. But the whole, like, wanting answers is not unreasonable, right? I like, yep. I like the lead-up to them trying to figure out who the third person was in Rung's room. Like, there's Fort Max and Rung, they can see, obviously. And then Rodimus and gang are going through the monitors, trying to figure out who the third signature is. And they're just like, hopefully this is a third person that's calm, sensible type, a peacemaker, if you will. And Computron, world is definitely all those things, right? Yep. Oh, you bet. It's not like he he's definitely not an instigator, that's for sure. You wanna you wanna talk about a few of them? <laughs> Which are we talking about the scene where it's just uh man, he just doesn't quit. <laughs> Hold on, let me start there. He does not. He just yeah. does not quit. And uh well 
we're always picking a fight and boy howdy that's that definitely yeah boy howdy and we'll throw boy a few, howdy uh i wonder what that there's not a lot of few boy howdies in this podcast but that's a boy howdy <laughs> we'll throw lots of images of this because they're all pretty great uh, at the same time this is happening outside of the lost light on the where where we find out where Swerve ended up, uh, he's with Rewind, and they're having a riveting conversation. <laughs> I stole your joke, Swerve. I'm sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> the The ending of this arc is very shocking, as uh, Run ends up getting his head blown off, and Max gets stabbed by Whirl when his back is turned. A lot of trauma is going on. Where is our therapist when we need one? Oh, yeah. Oof. Anyway, it's very traumatic because I think, what, five bots end up injured. Rung is presumed dead because his head is blown off. And uh, I think Fortnite is... <laughs> sure. Uh, I'm going to leave a card that says get well soon. Get well soon. <laughs> yeah. And that's not the only person that visits him while he's presumed dead. Red Alert is tippy-toeing around the ship and discovers a big secret down in the basement. How big, you might say? <laughs> well, let's start with uh, something obvious here. His colors are blue. It's overlordly big. Overlordly big, huh? Yeah. <laughs> what is Overlord doing in the basement? What is he doing in basement, indeed? Current theories, Kilo. How did he get there? Hey, okay, first of all, I was hoping Ultra Magnus combed the ship before they took off, but it seems like nobody did that. Because we have a spark heater. We have Overlord in the basement. What else are we going to find in this ship? What more chaos is going to happen? I, I don't... I, I feel like they're, the, the whole chaos that's happening in this ship is just between them. And, like, everybody's pointing guns at each other for some weird reason or another because one day they woke up and they just feel like hey i just want to go on a rampage or somebody said a bad joke and i'm like what is going on you started this journey and half of the ship blew up and then now overlords in the basement five people are almost offline wrong is offline what is going on <laughs> yeah. and this is just episode two <laughs> <laughs> this is volume two volume two yeah <laughs> Yeah, volume two of ten. So strap in. Oh, oh boy. So now, turning our attention to our first introduction of the DJD. And this is absolutely terrifying. Kilo, care to explain? I loved it. All of it. Um, they pretty much torture Black Shadow. and Poor Black Shadow. <laughs> they um, The group goes one by one. Did you just say? Poor Black Shadow, the guy who literally eliminated an entire planet. <laughs> Poor <I> him. Mean, <laughs> there's there's more ethical ways to kill a mass murderer than what the <laughs> DJD is doing to him right now. I'm just saying. Torture is not in my book of to-dos. Just, just kill the guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that Computron brought it up, in the beginning, Tarn talks to the reader and, and tells you a little bit of Black Shadow. He, he fought the Wreckers, kills, killed three of them. Uh, he fought in the 113th Battalion. He killed 3,003 Autobots. 
And then he went to a planet and he killed a population of three billion just by himself. And then how we find him in this position where he has his legs cut off, he's sitting in an electric chair, and... Were they cut off or were they melted off? One by one, each member of the DJD, um, Helix melted him uh, partially, not too much. Uh, Tessaris uh, grinded his legs, so he no longer has legs. Um, Kayana electrocuted him, he turns into the electric chair. And then Tarn, as Tarn does, he keeps talking to him and explains everything that's happening. And eventually he says that people say that he can talk you to death. And behold and behold, uh, Black Shadow Spark explodes as Tarn is talking to him. So he literally talked him to death. <laughs> it was amazing. Why didn't Vox get a hold of him? Like, I know they were showcasing everybody, but I just I was just curious about that as I was rereading this. Yeah, they didn't really show Voss's ability in this interaction, although they will later on in this volume. Yeah, because you know they all had a bone to pick with Black Shadow. Yes, Uh, and the crime the Black Shadow did to end up in the DJD's list is he took, I think it was 3 million or 6 million Shanix. Billion. 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 6 billion Shanix from an Autobot group to uh, destroy a bunch of Decepticons. And just because of that, DJD's list, it needs to be eliminated. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't turn down three billion Shanix? Am I right, guys? Am I right? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. It was a half billion. Half a billion? Shanix. Oh. Yeah. Half a billion? Uh, I, I, I think way, I said too much anyway. <laughs> that's a lot. But yeah. No. Uh, you do not want to double cross the Decepticons, especially. You don't want to end up on that list ever. <laughs> No, no, it's a terrifying list. And listeners, if you want to see a more in-depth video of this interaction, I think we have a link to that on our YouTube, where we slide-by-slide each comic with a voiceover. It's very interesting. Uh, So, moving on, back on the Lost Light, Rung might make it. He might. (laughs) Will he? But uh, Red Alert decides to leave his discoveries of what he found on the basement in Rung's hand. Which is a poor choice. <laughs> poor choice. But then says goodbye. Then someone swipes it. And Kilo, I think you mentioned something about theories. Yeah, so they they showed a blue hand uh, swiping the the drive. Uh, and I combed the, the, the comics and just to make sure who has the blue hands. <laughs> And there's only two possibilities that I can think of if they're not messing with the the shading because the, the room is dark. So they could the, the hands could either be a different color and because it's dark, they kind of look blue or they were either uh, Fort Max, which uh, there's a, a, a an idea of why it's not him. Uh, and when we get there, I'll explain why. And then the other one would be Ratchet. I know there's a third bot that has blue hands and that's Skids. But Skid's hands, uh, on top of their palm, it's red. And the way they shot the scene, there is no red on top of the on the hand, on the palm. So uh, I'm ruling Skid's out. Very interesting theories. We'll have to continue reading to find out. Yeah. Yep. Computron, do you have any thoughts? Or should we keep moving? <laughs> I was just going to say, uh, um, well, I had a thought and then it disappeared. All right. Well, we can always circle back. Yeah, yeah let's do that. All right, so we continue on, and we get to meet the scavengers. Scavengers? 
Scavengers, uh, something <laughs> like that. Kilobyte, what's your thoughts on these characters? And we'll kind of like dive a little bit into each member if you don't mind. Oh yeah, um, I thought they were interesting. It, I, I like the the interaction between them. So um, if you don't mind, I'll go through the list. We have Crankcase, yeah. uh, with his with which is the most cheerful bot out of the group. <laughs> oh, absolutely. His smile can kill. Yes, his smile can kill. Uh, we have Spinister, which I'm going to just call crazy. No, I don't know about crazy. He's just a big himbo. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's that's how they paint it, because he gets distracted by anything, and he kind of, uh, he was looking at his hands, and he got distracted, and he's like, oh, ah, hands. And so, um, uh, after that, we have Fly Wheels, which I'm going to say he has hyperflexia, which hyperflexia is when he can't say a lie without shape changing which i find it funny because he says it's not true and he becomes a tank <laughs> hilarious uh after flywheels we have croc which is the military strategist of the group the high ranking of the group so he's the leader uh we have misfire which i wonder what his name is <laughs> on my description is he misses the point <laughs> and finally, we have the newcomer, which is Fulcrum, and I'm just gonna call him the bomb. The bomb. He's he's a K class, right? He's a K class Decepticon. Yes. Yes, and I'm assuming they don't really mention it in the common in the comics that the uh, the K probably stands for Kamikaze. Yeah, probably. Yeah, based on what he has to do. Yes. <laughs> Don Patron, what's your thoughts on these uh, ragtag group of ruffians? Flywheels is my favorite. Fair enough. I would say my favorite Spinister. Uh, it just, I like the coloring and it reminds me of Rotostorm. <laughs> uh, I like Misfire. But you know what I really like? There's another bot among them. Oh, there's that too. But I really like the name of the scavenger ship. The Weak Anthropic Principle, or WAP for short. Insert human meme here. <laughs> wap, hmm. wap, 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 wap. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> no wonder there was so much extra junk in their trunk. <laughs> okay, I'm going to lose it. Primus, help me. Um, back on the Lost Light. A lot of flip-flopping back and forth here. Chrome Dome speaks of filthy, stinking lies about Brainstorm's briefcase. Kilo, do you think any of these filthy, stinking lies are true? Mm, I don't know. We haven't seen it. He's very secretive of it, but uh, I know Chrome Dome says that the uh, he opened it in Hydrus 4 and the sun went out. And Brainstorm is like, it was Hydrus 5, uh, by the way, so you have it wrong. And that did not happen. I'm like, sure. Sure. I don't, I don't know. I don't, know. I, I'm, I don't think... I'm not saying it, it couldn't happen or it did happen. I just don't know what he's planning or, or what that suitcase does yeah. anyway. Because he's very, very secretive. Yeah, I'm very interested in what this briefcase could do. Computron, how about you? I'm interested. I just have this gut feeling that it's just a regular briefcase. Yeah, probably. But given time, we might find out. <laughs> uh, back to the scavengers. Uh, finding a D-class world sweeper. And, man... If you didn't know it was a Decepticon ship, <laughs> I have no help to give you. That was a Decepticon ship? <laughs> oh, my God. 
The, the interesting part is there are brains on the ceiling, protoforms in jars, and a special someone is on board. Someone so special that we assume the DJD has decided to show up. And uh, who is that special bot? It's your, it's your boy. It's your favorite. It's Grimlock. Grimlock, yeah. So Such a special boy. I'm excited. <laughs> we haven't seen him. In a while. No, uh, we haven't seen him in a good long while. Since the Maximum Dinobots, have we? No, yeah, that's true. In real time, when the comics are coming out, that was three years. Oh, boy. Yeah, in, in human Earth years, that is. But uh, Computron, the DJD are not here for Grimlock, are they? Sadly, no. Who are they here for? The, the, the Scavengers? Specifically, which one? Turns out, they were here for Fulcrum. Interesting. Why is that? He deserted the battlefield. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Which is surprisingly, because, you know, to me at least, that Mr. Grimlock isn't that much of a threat as much as Fulcrum is. But, yeah. Go ahead, send the Phase Sixer after Fulcrum. I'm sorry, the six Phase Sixers after Fulcrum. Makes sense, yeah. Makes got sense. a few, huh? So, re- regardless. Sense! He... <laughs> All right, I think Computron needs another drink. Uh, but regardless... The scavengers come up with a plan that involves waking the big, beautiful dinosaur to fight the DJD. And oh boy, this should be good. Thoughts? Like, nothing could go wrong. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't expecting uh, such a, like a big fight. I thought Grimlock was going to get overwhelmed because it's pretty much six versus one, if I'm not mistaken. So. Yeah, but he's Grimlock. Yeah, he is Grimlock. Uh but, uh, you know, I still, given the history with the DJD that we've seen so far, I'm like, mm, they're kind of going to be a little bit too much for him, I think. Uh, especially being waking up after being asleep for a while. So. And they do eventually overpower him at one point, right? Yes, they do. Okay, I, I had a question because, you know, you guys remember uh, last time we saw Grimlock was that Dinobots, right? Maximum Dinobots. Yep, yes. Maximum Dinobots. Yeah, Maximum Dinobots. How did Grimlock go from Maximum Dinobots to being on a Decepticon World Sweeper? That is an excellent that is question. The same question. And maybe the comics will tell us later on. Uh, in, uh, if I'm not mistaken, in Maximum Dinobot, he left with Ultra Magnus because he was being pursued by Ultra Magnus, right? Because they they defected or something? Yeah, he turned himself in. So he went to Garrison 9. Mm, so he went to the prison. Oh. That's great. Yeah, he was in prison for a little bit, but we don't know how he went from the prison to this ship. Yeah, because yeah. they they just they didn't follow orders and they followed Shockwave to Earth, and I think that's why that's why they sent him to prison. So, do you have any theories how he got on to the Decepticon World Sweeper? Me, no clue. Computron, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh duh. But I I have no idea. Um, well, I mean, it's not like Garrus Nine was like a happy playground, funny farm place. I mean, it was, uh, you know. Hmm. Wait. Um. There, there, there's a reason, right? Why the records were sent there, right? Right. Maximum Dinobots is before the last one on the records, right? Yeah. Okay. If that's true, if that's the case, then uh, I just have an idea on the spot, and it's somebody we didn't talk about in the last one on the records, but he was there. It was Shockwave. Shockwave was in Garrus 9, and Overlord builds him. So I'm guessing Shockwave took him to do experiments. That's the only guess, just based on past 
conflicts between Shockwave and Grimlock in either like comics and cartoons. We'll have to wait and find out, won't we? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you already know. I will have to wait and find out. <laughs> and listeners who this is the first time True. tuning in. They'll find out with me. So on the less tense side of things, Chrome Dome helps Skids try to remember, but stops midway. What kind of traumatic event do you think he went through, Kilo, Computron? Specifically Computron, the first time you read this. What, what do you think would make Chrome Dome be like, no, no, you should probably just forget this. Um, so you remember how Chrome Dome had like a really good relationship with Prowl for a little bit? I had to thought like at the time, like Prowl kind of did a naughty thing with Chrome Dome. That was just like my original thought. Hmm. Yep. Um, it's kind of it's kind of hard to tell because uh, this is the first time we meet Skid in the comics. Like we met him. Uh, after the the explosion right he suddenly appears with the big bots so he's been lost and and based on the conversation they have here he was supposed to be kind of like a peacekeeper and he would he would travel and uh kind of keep the peace with everybody so it must have been very very traumatic for him to um like for his own body to like forget those and hide them from him so I can't I can't quite tell, but it might have been something with those yellow bots that were saying 1984 or 1994. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to keep reading. Uh, I like it. I think it's interesting. It's definitely because he's such a blank slate. It could be almost anything, right? Yeah. Yep. So on the more depressing side of things, back to the scavengers. <laughs> poor, poor flywheels. May he rest in pieces. <laughs> My favorite? Gone. But classic misfire misses. And uh, was it? Was it? Um, <laughs> who was yeah. it? Was it? Uh, gosh. Which of the big boys was it? Is like, oh, misfire, your name suits you well, or something like that. Ooh. Ooh. I can't. It was one of that. I think it was Tesserus. Probably Tesserus. But we'll we'll throw it up an image. It's oh boy. <laughs> and misfire is just like oh no. Uh, but then we get to see a little bit about the uh, fulcrum, what he can turn into. Which I wasn't expecting at all. <laughs> you weren't expecting a bomb, huh? I was not expecting a bomb. <laughs> what What do you think he turned into? I thought he was going to be like another flyer, another jet, because he has like a helmet on that looks like a leather cap from uh, human pictures I've seen and kind of looked like a like he would turn into a plane or a, like like a flying vehicle of some sort. Yeah, no, that's a good assessment. But we also get to see one of Voss's specialties, Computron, for full circle here. <laughs> yeah, uh, Box has this thing where uh, it's like he can like put his face on you. Very unsettling. Yeah, it doesn't look like a fun mask to wear. Okay, I'm gonna be honest with you. When I read these comics and I read and I look at Vox, Vox, I look at him. Voss? Boss, sorry. I look at him, and instead of calling him boss, I just call him, oh, face hugger. Oh, my goodness. That's what he is! That's true. No, no it's accurate. But uh, Kaon gets a signal and tells Tarn he knows where Overlord is. And instead of finishing his fight and the fight they were obviously winning, decide to just leave. It's interesting. Very interesting. I just, I was just surprised because when they did that because it's like wow you guys really don't care about grimlock 
I guess I mean, not because like explain it, but like you know, it's just weird. Yeah, they do explain later on why they just left, but it's just interesting. A fight that you were so obviously winning, you just decide to leave because Overlord's name is mentioned and you're looking for him? I don't know. I feel like, worst case scenario, you can take the other people as prisoners. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But that's not how they rule, right? Yeah. Mm. The thing is, like, they have a list. list. They're checking it twice. <laughs> they, they have the list and they, they, they have a... They they have an order, and so if you're at the bottom, they just don't care about you. You're like not worthless for them. So I feel like they they like the thrill of the hunt, and they like bigger praise so that they can overpower them. So maybe that's why they they're like, eh, you guys don't matter. Yeah, definitely heavy vibes from that. And my last note here uh, says Necrobot, and I know his name was thrown down earlier by the scavengers, but do you believe in the Necrobot Kilobyte? I think we get a, a preview at the end, right? Yeah. Do you, do you think that is the Necrobot, or do you think that's just some bot? I think it is the Necro, uh, but we he has some interesting names on his little data pad, so I don't know what the Necrobot wants yeah, to well, do. Yeah, who's on there? Uh, it says Hound, Chrome Dome, uh, Dipstick, Drift, Ultra Magnus, and Flywheels. So oh, boy. I don't, know, I don't know what the plan is, but... I don't like. Do you think? Do you think uh, they're dead, or we just don't know? Mm, based on based on what happened here, you could assume they're dead, but I don't know. It could be. I would say yeah. That it might be like a dead, like a a list of either bots that are gonna die or that have died. Uh, Patron? They're dead, Jim. They're dead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's something we're gonna have to see, right? Because I think. To me, um, when I first read this, I thought it was kind of like a throw off, kind of like a red herring, because um, one, Ultra Magnus isn't a person, it's a title, right? Well, we we don't necessarily know that 100%, but yeah, it, well, is, it has been a little bit mentioned. What was it with Rom versus uh, the Transformers? Yeah. Ultra Magnus died in that yeah. one, right? So yeah. I thought when I was first reading it, I was like, oh, okay, they're trying to throw me like a red herring when he probably was writing down like that Ultra Madness or something like something like that. Like I, I didn't I, I wanted to call off the red herring and that I was playing the devil's advocate with that one. But, yeah, you know, it's interesting because you have an assortment of Decepticon and Oddbots in there. And I don't know, Dipstick is we're. we're if they are a Autobot or Decepticon, but at least everybody else, Hound, Chrome, Dome, Drift, Ultra Magnus, those are all Autobots. And then you have Flywheels, which is a Decepticon. So I don't know if there's like a, a specific character or like uh, that they're looking for, or if it's like a list of like, they're the Grim Reaper. And so they're just getting the, the lost sparks <laughs> and taking them back, whatever. Yeah, no, that's all good thoughts. And I can't wait to find out more. That's the last of my notes. Are there any notes that we skip or anything we want to circle back to and talk about? I want to say my favorite quote out of this entire comment, and then I'm ready to call it a day. <laughs> um, there was a time where the, I think, um, who was it? It was, uh, uh, was it Pipes and Drift were talking or Pipes and, uh, and Ratchet were talking or something. I forgot what it was. But anyway, uh they were talking about how Swerve uh, witnessed the DJD uh, torture somebody. And uh, I think Pipe said, well, Sir said that it was the worst thing that has ever to happen to him. 
And I think Ratchet goes, what, seeing the DJD? And uh, Pipes goes, no, not being able to speak. Because the reason why was is that uh, after Swerve witnessed the torture of the DJD, he was just an awestruck for six months and couldn't even speak. <laughs> the whole joke oh, was the worst thing out of that whole experience for him was he couldn't speak. <laughs> Yeah, he likes talking and talking his thing so much so he thinks uh, he can keep secrets. <laughs> and I think we saw that when he was trying to talk to um, Rewind out when they were riveting the ship. Yeah. Something about... Um, the golden discs? What was it? Uh, the golden disc, something about Trailbreaker sh- Force Field, you know, <laughs> secrets. <laughs> so, Rod Star Rating, who wants to go first for Rod Star Ratings? I can do it. Um, I like the zombie outbreak and I like the uniqueness of the zombie outbreak because it's not something that you'd think of Captain, you know, that has is not it's not a plot that has been used before. Uh, this is one of kind of like my favorites. And so I'm going to give it a 4.5 out of 5. Um, I really enjoyed it. I had fun. I met new characters. I met old characters and um, all the introductions were very cool, very uh, fun to see and uh, there's a lot of plot points and things that I'm very interested in finding out so I'll just give it a, a four. Yeah I can't find anything wrong with this. Uh, I'm gonna give it a five. Ooh you're <laughs> second five. Yeah again it won't happen often but um, I think the only thing that was wrong is I wanted more Grimlock. You want, I want more Grimlock too but we'll get there. We'll get there. For what we did get of Grimlock it was it was spot on. Yeah. Which which is something very important is that they they say that he's not uh, fully there or something like that. So he's like not talking in full sentences like we see we like we saw him in Maximum Dinobots. So I think that's yeah. going to be very interesting and very important later on. Absolutely. So listeners, what did you think of these comics? How many rod stars would you give it? Let us know by leaving a comment below. All right, let's talk about the current giveaway we are doing. In celebration of season two of the podcast, we will be doing a wonderful new giveaway. Unlike any giveaway you've seen before. No, that's probably not true. Uh, We are going to be giving away a Transformers 86 line jazz toy. Ooh, maybe I'll just keep it. Uh, The giveaway will run for another four weeks and the winner will be announced on the Earth calendar month and date of January 24th, 2022. You you Earthlings and your interesting calendars. You should just switch over to cycles by now. Uh, Here is how to enter. First, you will need to subscribe to our YouTube channel, check for me, and follow us on Twitter for a single entry each. Double check for me, so it looks like I'm already in here, guys. (laughs) You can't keep it. You can earn bonus entries to win by leaving a comment or retweeting this episode. Good luck. Ooh, plot hole. Maybe I'll retweet this a bunch of times. Do you think that'll work? No, we. <laughs> I've put you down on my list of no's. Ah. <laughs> so we don't have any uh, emails today, but if you would like to get in contact with us, you can send us an email at swervesbarpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, are you ready for Robots in the Sky, Volume 2? Ready. See where this goes. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. Computron, do you mind taking us out? I suppose. If you enjoyed this episode, consider sharing it with your friends and subscribing. We hope you are all staying safe out there. And thank you so much for listening. And from all of us at Swerve's Bar, we wish you a happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. And as always, till all are one. Till all are one.
So all are one. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Swerves Bar Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at Swerves Bar if you are interested in more content. Try checking out the spinoff D&D Transform and Rollout Rise of the World Killers. Let's tune in for a preview now. Can I just sneak around this guy and just like hit him in a kneecap or something? I'll allow it if you can roll a gun of stealth. It's going to be high. <laughs> I'm going to kneecap this boy. Not funny. Exhilarating. There is also a YouTube channel with bonus content. Link will be provided below. End transmission.